0: welcome to the success addicts you are stepping into a conversation where i ask the questions that you're thinking of to people that strive for success in all different areas of life business faith health and more so ask yourself this one question are you ready to master your journey of success In this episode, you will understand how to tackle debt, come face to face with your fears, and learn how to maximize your potential. He was a Dave Ramsey personality before branching off to start his own personal development program. His name is Chris Hogan, which is a number one national best-selling author, dynamic speaker, and personal
1: development coach. I think if we could get that clarity of what your heart wants, right? What What you want out of your life,
2: Enjoy the episode, and fair warning, you may become addicted. Hey, Chris, how are you? It's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you.
2: So let's start off with just getting to know you a little bit. Top-level overview of who you are and and what you're currently up to today.
1: I'm just a simple little country boy, my friend from Kentucky. Uh, Blessed to be around some amazing people, some amazing coaches, teachers and family members that truly started to really help me kind of develop my mindset, what I'm thinking about and what it is I'm trying to achieve. And so, uh, you know, the sports background for me has played a massive role. Uh, played a little football back in the day and had a privilege of being on an incredible team with some amazing coaches and so getting these life lessons from these teachers and these coaches and family members and things of that nature it's really allowed me to be more of what i am which is a coach and so i'm coaching people in all phases of life now not just the financial like i used to in the past but you know really helping people kind of broaden their horizons and understand what it is you're trying to accomplish and what it's going to take to get there
2: awesome and how did you initially get into this space why was this a passionate way of of approaching your your personal life.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, initially dealing in the, the financial space, you know, I, I money things came easy to me, understanding the principle of it, right? And so really wanting to help other people grasp it. I started out in consumer finance. Um, and so, uh, you know, did that stuff, moved into mainstream banking, then into mortgages, then investments. And so I really enjoyed the education part, helping people have that light bulb moment where they begin to see things a little bit different and understand what it is. As they want. you know where, know where you are and know where you want to get to. Now, what's that plan you're going to put in place in the middle there? I like helping people connect those dots.
2: No, that's awesome. And I think personal development and finance, I mean, they go hand in hand. So to touch a little bit on that finance side, and then we can dive into some of the personal development sure. stuff. Obviously, I think when it comes to finance, the most popular term is debt. I think it's very easy to accumulate. And it's it's all around the news, especially when it comes to student loans. Yeah. So what advice do you give people when they bring up the topic of debt and, and what is the best way to approach it?
1: Well, I think, you know, anytime you're trying to achieve something in life, the goals, what we want is to be able to make progress and movement in the direction of that goal. The last thing you want to do is put on ankle weights. Now, okay, my friend, you're young. You don't know about this, okay? But back in my day, we used to put on ankle weights as some resistance, right? And we all believed that once you took those off, you could run faster, right? You could do some stuff without the weight. Well, guess what? Debt is an ankle weight. Uh, Debt is that quicksand that can slow you down from doing the things you want to do for yourself, but also for the people that you love. And so I encourage people to look at debt for what it is. It's a threat. OK, it's a threat to you right now in your present. And it's also a threat to your future. And so we don't want to look at it. We've been marketed to to believe that it's our friend. That's our buddy. It's not a buddy. It's like a frenemy. Right. And it, we've all had people you thought were your friends that turned out were your enemy. Well, that's what that's like. And so I would tell people you want to see it for what it is, understand what it is, but you need a clear plan to help you be able to eradicate that debt and get it out of your life. But you've got to change your thinking so you don't go back.
2: No, that's great advice. Now, I think, you know, when when many people graduate college, they want to take those ankle weights off, studying and preparing. You know, yeah. we've, not, we've had nothing but ankle weights going going through college. Um, so I think after they graduate, they want to take those ankle weights off, yeah. be able to jump, be able to run. And But we know that student loan is very prevalent. So to start off, we know through the pandemic, the federal student loan repayment freeze is ending on August 31st. So from now until the freeze is lifted, would you encourage people to continue to make payments or to wait it out? And and what is your reason behind that?
1: Well, you know, there have been a lot of promises coming out of uh, Washington about student loan debt and any kind of presidential cycle, you'll start to hear it. Um, There have been some things that have been done. You know that have been talked about for years here recently Uh, the past passing of the freeze. uh, The passing of some of the laws to forgive some of the student loans, but you know I tell people all the time, the best way for you to be in control is to take control. And that means to keep your hand on the wheels, understand what it is you're dealing with. Um, You know, oftentimes these freezes does not necessarily mean forgiveness. Uh, So if you've got the money, I I say continue to make the payment so you can chop down the principal as well as the interest. Uh, If you don't, I want you to communicate with your lender. Uh, Communicate with that student loan services company. Explain your situation about where you are and what's going on and be realistic. Just don't ever make a promise to pay when you know you can't.
2: Yeah, that's awesome advice. So how do you recommend somebody th- to navigate the real world and tackling student debt coming out of college?
1: Well, I think, you know, the main thing is you said, you know, a lot of young people, they want to come out, and they want to get rid of the ankle weights. Well, not really, because a lot of people aren't even aware that it is an ankle weight, right? So we become so accustomed to debt that it's this thing that we think it has to happen in life in order to be quote unquote normal. So I I tell people whenever they've had that epiphany and they wake up and they start to look at things and realize if it's not for you, it's against you, right? So the debt's not working for you, it's working against you. Now what you can do is start to get serious. So starting off in life, I would tell people to be very, very clear of what other debt looks like in the form of a mortgage, in the form of car payments. Uh, You don't wanna add on top of that, that adds more stress to your life. So I would say, keep your life as simple as you can, understand how much money you're going to be making, not what your market value is, but when you're starting off, understand what that is and you gotta do the B word, you gotta do a budget, Okay, I know a lot of people break out into hives whenever you say that, but all we're doing is what John Maxwell said. You either tell money where to go or you get to wonder where it went. Okay, so you wanna be intentional with the budget, tell your money where to go and understand, keep your lifestyle in check. Just They're gonna come out with a new shoe every month. They're gonna come out with a new car every other month to make you feel bad about what you don't have. Well, don't let them play that game. Put your emotions in your pocket. Stay focused on your goals of what it is you're trying to accomplish. And let's understand this real, real simple. What's a threat and what's an ally? And as you start to look at that in life, you can understand. Realistically, debt is a threat because it takes from you now and it's going to take from you later when it keeps requiring and demanding a payment. So it's not your friend. So if I can get young people starting off in life to see that for what it is and understand how important it is for them to remain in control. And it's okay to want some stuff, but don't don't let stuff have you. Right. And that's where you're giving into your wants all the time. It's always going to keep you behind the eight ball.
2: It just sounds like a plan is necessary. So like you said, those things don't take control of you. You're always
1: in control. There you go, buddy. You're always I, I, I love the way you said that. A plan is necessary. And if you think about it, for anybody that's graduating college, they had a plan, right? The goal was to graduate high school. The goal was to get into college. The goal was to graduate college. Those same planning skills are the same skills I want people to tap into, but start to use it in life, not just inside of school. And the people that wake up and see that sooner than later are the people that will make some serious progress
2: yeah it's almost kind of like the approach of once you graduate from college you shouldn't stop learning so once you graduate from college you shouldn't stop planning in different areas of your life Good call.
1: Um, absolutely
2: and i think to your point navigating some of that stuff um Is around consolidation. You know, there's a lot of people that have student loans at this lender, another lender, federal. So it's very popular nowadays. There's a lot of different services that encourage students to consolidate into one easy payment every single month. So, what are your thoughts around that? Do you recommend consolidation?
1: I I typically do not, uh, just because, you know, it's much easier to deal with four individual situations as opposed to one big one. And so I typically don't recommend that. I would encourage people to really understand what it is they're doing, understand the cost associated with it. And oftentimes just moving it around isn't solving the problem. The best way to solve the debt problem is by eliminating it. And so that's attacking it. And so uh, consolidations are dangerous and, and, and deadly. Uh, they really can be financially deadly, so you want to be aware and and understand what you're dealing with.
2: No, that's interesting. Definitely something to to navigate with caution. Absolutely. Um, so, so I think going back to the plan aspect of getting out of college, I know you mentioned you you know you're in the personal development space. So let's talk a little bit about that, and then we can dive into uh, some different strategies that people might be able to take sure. advantage of to help better themselves.
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to understand we've got to keep building and growing ourselves, right? Like you're learning, like as you said, it never stops. And so understanding you is going to be crucial, understanding how you're wired, what matters to you. These are the things that are going to help you to understand, A, how to motivate yourself, how to keep you moving when you get tired, when you get frustrated, or even when you get irritated. How do you keep growing and staying connected to you and what it is you want to accomplish? And so these things are going to be crucial. And so, I, you know, you see some of my books behind me and I say some because I have a, I have a virtual libraries of books just because I feel like when you read, we do learn. We get an opportunity to get information uh, and apply it. And that's the difference. You see, when people just learn to learn, that, that's cute. But when you learn to apply it, now, what happens is you have the opportunity to get what's called knowledge and wisdom. So it's the application of the information that's absolutely crucial.
2: Yeah, I think that's powerful. So when it comes to reading books, I think a lot a popular thing is um, expressing the amount of books. You know, people that are in this space, I've read this yeah. many books this year. But it's like to your point, you know, you can read all these books, but have you applied it? So what is a good strategy go. of reading some of these books and and applying it effectively?
1: I think most important, it's understanding you and your style, uh, the reading style. Some people are fast readers. Uh, I'm a reader and a note taker. Uh, So my books have been pencil whipped. Okay, I'm underlining and highlighting and, you know, grabbing stuff and typing it up because the application, that's the thing that strikes me. And so I would say regardless, you know, of of how you are, how you tend to read and your plan, I wouldn't get caught up in how many you can go through. It's how many, what books are you reading that are applicable to your situation right now? And then where can you apply it in your life? Not just once, but repeatedly, right? How do you go back to that? And I think that's where we all get a chance to learn.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, so when it comes to applying the learning aspect of you know what how it applies to you, I think there's a lot of people that get into the real real world that don't really know their purpose or don't really know what what gets them passionate. So yeah. do you have any ways to dig a little deeper and and kind of come up with what it is that is
1: yeah kind of you know it's funny. You know, it's funny you said that. Uh, people go to my website, CoachHogan.com. Uh, one of the courses and things that I'm working on a project is called Dig Deeper. You know, how do we do that? How do you get into the and knowing yourself? How do you get connected? Because unfortunately, a lot of people have woken up in their late 30s or, or early 40s and realized they've been living the life somebody else wanted them to live, not what they wanted. And so it's never too late for us to make adjustments. It's never too late for us to improve. Uh, But we do have to understand where we are and then where we want to go. And so being honest with ourselves, I think, is important. One of the big steps I tell people is get a mentor. You know, get get around somebody that's been through some stuff. Get around somebody, you know, that's in a field that maybe you're interested in or uh, they've had some success. And I think you get an opportunity to really learn some valuable life lessons doing that.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, mentorship is definitely uh, something like you said, um, is a good route to kind of develop mm-hmm. yourself. But but I think the challenge with that is one finding the mentor, you know, I think a lot of people are maybe veered away from just reaching out, um, because they think that they're gonna have to pay or, you know, I think really locking in that mentor is where the confusion comes in. So
1: do you good have a question? And that, to kind of yeah, let that? me shed some light on that. Um, you know, Nowadays, the mentorship is, uh, you know, people confuse it and they think, well, it's got to be somebody I can go to lunch with once a week, you know, for for a year or six months. No, you know, it might be somebody that you're texting with, that you get on a phone call with just to check in. Maybe you do grab coffee. Maybe you do, you know, uh, but with technology today, with Skype and Zoom and all the things that we have, the opportunity to be able to connect is there. Uh, Yes, there are programs out there where you have to pay for that, you know, in order to get that guidance. But that's more of a one on one kind of coaching, you know, thing. Mentoring, it's being available to answer some questions. Um, And I tell people start in your Start in your community where you are. Start with some successful business people. Start inside your church. Um, You know, get a couple of people that you can get in a rhythm of talking to. That's mentoring. And the beauty of it is, is that mentoring goes both ways. Um, It helps the mentee, but it also helps the mentor. And so it's a good thing all the way around. So start where you are. Look in your circle of influence. Look in your networking circle and reach out and just see if there's somebody you can call on once or twice a month.
2: I like what you said there, where you're also, as the mentee, helping the mentor become a better mentor. And I think the um, the fear is, as a mentee, you don't feel like you could bring anything to the table. Always- well,
1: I I, I I want to squash that right here and now, <laughs> because the mentee does bring things to the table. Listen, whenever you get around somebody that's young, and, and they want to learn, and they want to grow, that's a beautiful thing. And so everybody's got an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow. Um, What I would say is just reach out to some people and ask. But again, start local, start close where someone you can meet up with and just get in a rhythm of having that clear, open and honest communication of just asking some questions about their work, about what they do, about why they do it. That to me is a crucial, crucial uh, mentoring question. Ask your mentor, why do you do what you do? Why have you been in this field so long? You know, what, what kind of joy does it bring you? And I think you'll start to hear people kind of light up and get excited about what they're doing. And if we can get more people working in a field that they're excited about, uh, that's how we can make a difference all the way around.
2: Piggybacking off of that, working in the field that you can get excited about. I think, you know, you said people in their 30s, mid-30s, they realize that they're not where they want to be or they're not happy within the field that they're in. So what are like some ways that somebody can make that career transition maybe in a field that they might not have a lot of experience
1: in? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, I think the first thing you do um, is really kind of spend some time with a a self analysis. You want to start to really look and go, Hey, okay. I can be unhappy with what I'm doing now. uh, But what gets me excited? What, what does get me happy? And then, you know, the opportunity to start to research online, Uh, We've got billions of pieces of information at our fingertips nowadays. And then from there, once you do some research, is locate somebody that's working in that field. Can you have a quick conversation with them? Right. Can you get them to lunch? Can you get them to dinner and find out more? What do they enjoy about the job or what do they not enjoy? And so that's the time to again to really begin to do some deep work and start to do some research. Now, let me say this. I don't ever encourage anybody to leave something until they have something else established, right? And so, you know, it's a little bit more of like you're just making a transfer at that point. Uh, Don't get mad, frustrated, and irritated. Find a solution. And so once you get something set up, you can do that. For example, I was working with a client was not enjoying what he was doing as an accountant. Uh, he wanted more time with people. I gave. We worked on ideas for a side gig that would give him more interaction with people. And guess what? That's something he's doing on the side now. So he's trying to earn his way to this new career, right? By paying his dues and doing what's necessary. And you can already see he's happier. He's a happier human being already. And so I know this side gig is going to become the gig for him in just a little bit more time.
2: So it's like kind of dip your toes in it and then there you really go. Really step in, you know, make that transition. But I think to your point where the frustration comes in, I think burnout is a big thing when it comes to personal development, career, just life in general. So, you know, how do you tackle burnout? I mean, I think it's so popular.
1: Burnout's real. Um, and it can come from a few different areas. Uh, it can come from the actual job that you're doing. Or the people that you're working with, or a person that you're working with. Uh, it could come from internal, where you're frustrated and irritated about some other things that are going on in your life. And so the job misery is now just getting magnified more and more. So that analysis and being real, I call it unstacking. It's almost like Legos. Uh, Where you want to unstack kind of your frustration and irritation and really start to look at the pieces individually. Is it more about you and something that's unhappy in you? Or is it something with the job or something related to the job? What you don't want to do is to try to try to prescribe a remedy when you don't know exactly where the pain is. That's why if you notice, if you ever go call a doctor and say, hey, my arm hurts, well, not only do they look at your arm, but they look in your ear, they're looking at your back. They're trying to check for, see if there's an infection, trying to find out what other areas are related to this pain. And I think we have to do that a lot when you're frustrated and irritated. It takes some time, and sometimes you may need to reach out and get a counselor or a therapist to help you unpack it a little bit more. But the main thing is, is that movement in the right direction, seeking help, is actually coming from a place of strength. I think anybody that can reach out and ask for help is a very strong human being. It's the people that don't ask that try to just sit in it and try to muffle it. These are the people that are going to pull, you know, that, 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 that pressure cooker moment where they could literally explode at some point. And so emotionally, you don't want to get there. So take a deep breath, really understand what's irritating you and get some guidance on how to navigate
2: it. It's scary because I think people fall into that and you know the ones that don't speak up they almost just accept the fact that this is how it's going to be forever and that's
1: thats sad. it is it's frustrating and you know what we all can be hard-headed at times we all can you know try to feel like i'm just going to try to muscle through it and some things can be muscled through but other things are a little bit deeper and so i just want to encourage people if you need guidance and help reach out find somebody check with your local church reach out to a local professional, you know, just get some guidance, talk to someone. You know, life's hard enough, and we've had a lot of challenges thrown at us over the last few years with the COVID situation, and then all the housing and money and the economy, there's all this stuff going on. So what we have to do is get real clear for ourselves and understand, I've got to control the controllables. And when I say that, what I'm saying is, You being in control and staying in control of things that you have control over. If you don't have control over it, then you can't stress about it, right? That's not in your hands. We can be busy enough with what we can control. We just have to focus.
2: You mentioned maybe it's not even the job that you're in, but it could be the people or, you know, or the person that you're working with. So how, how do you navigate that? Because like you said, you can't quit the job, but, you know, maybe the frustration is coming from the people that you're around. So how do you talk that
1: out? Yeah, no. And what you can do is try to have, you know, once you've pinpointed that, you know, what you can do is now is try to do things to help you navigate the situation a little bit better. It may be talking to your leader. It may be talking to someone in HR. Uh, it may be going to have a sit down with that individual that's getting on your nerves or frustrating you as much as you can. And so again, taking proactive steps on what can I do to remedy it? We already know the problem. You've identified it. Now it's a matter of what's the right way to walk through the steps of fixing it. And sometimes uh, when you have that communication, it can get fixed. Other times, guess what? It may not. And so that's where it puts you at a crossroads that you have to make a decision. Am I going to stay here and be miserable or am I going to make a change? And so I encourage people, You know, I don't ever want you to stay and be miserable anywhere, but you do need to understand and have a plan for what's my next step. Right. And so always be ready for that. And having options is one of the key words I talk about as I'm teaching my stuff and my clients. When you have options, you never feel trapped. If you don't have options, you can feel more like a hostage.
2: Um, so I know just transitioning a little bit that you're a retirement expert from the financial side, but I want to talk about the f- the retirement phase of life from more of a personal development side. I think it kind of goes back to what we spoke about of when you graduate from college, you should continue to learn. Um, now when it comes to retirement, you know, what do you suggest some of these people that do retire and they still need purpose in their life? They just, you know, they're not working anymore. So they don't have that routine. Um, so what do you suggest to help give you know these people in this phase of life purpose and an ability to wake up every morning with that fire that they had when they were working their job
1: it goes back to that plan we talked about just like for the graduate you know that graduate that's moving on and starting off life they need a plan and that person that's worked their way and paid the way for them to retire they also need a retirement plan meaning what are you going to get your social interaction from if you're not in the workplace anymore How can you get plugged in with some charitable causes that you truly believe in, that gets you excited? And can you go there and, and, you know, volunteer 10, 15 hours in a week? Uh, You know, there are a lot of options. And so starting to look at that, trust me, you can only sit on the front porch and drink lemonade so long, you know, or lose that many golf balls. Maybe I'm talking about myself as a terrible golfer, (laughs) but I mean, you can only lose so many golf balls. But I think it's more broadening our horizons. You know, I've talked to a few people, uh, a gentleman at a store who was a greeter. Um, You know, a lot of people walk past him every day, probably thinking, oh, wow, he's got to work. He doesn't. He's a multimillionaire. Uh Uh, I've talked with him um, and uh, he's got all the money he needs. He's doing that job to be social, to get out of the house and have some interaction. And so I would tell anybody that's in that mode, find out your next thing. Find out that thing that you're going to try. And I tell people, I want you to think like a scientist. I want you to be willing to experiment and try some stuff. It doesn't mean you got to do it for the next 12 years, but maybe it's something you do for a couple of months or a year or two, or maybe it's something you do seasonally. But we want to stay active. We want to stay engaged and we want to stay connected to people.
2: That's awesome. And so this is a kind of a little bit of a rapid question um, for you. I call it success in seconds. So if you had to recommend one book, besides a book that you wrote, what would it be?
1: Mm, To help somebody to be successful?
2: Um, Yeah, we can say that.
1: Mm. I would say there are two that pop into my mind. First and foremost, let me say this. Anything by John Maxwell is worth the time to read, okay? Um, And again, it's just, the man is an incredible leadership uh, guru and uh, the thought process, uh, 21 Laws of Unrefutable Leadership. Um, you know, I mean, he's just got, there. it's on and on. But there's another book out there that I think it could be very helpful for people. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud. Now, Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend wrote the book called Boundaries. Uh, and this is about setting up boundaries to be able to protect others as well as yourself. But Henry Cloud's got another book out there that I absolutely love, and it's called Necessary Endings. And Necessary Endings talks about, in this society nowadays, we have this and mentality, right? We want something to taste good and be low in calories. We want to do this and that. Necessary Endings talks about, you got to pick some stuff to shut down. There are some things that are going to have to end before your new thing can begin. And so it's a matter of us being smart with resources, our time, and our focus. And so I think if we could get that clarity of what your heart wants, Right, what you what you want out of your life, and then have the courage to end some things that need to end, uh, whether it's uh, toxic relationships, whether it's a toxic environment in the workplace, whether you got toxic family members. There are some things that have to end, and you may have to end allowing them to treat you the way they have, or you may have to make some movement. But all of these things are empowering to people because it reminds us that you get one life to live. You got to make choices and you got to use your voice.
2: Yeah. It goes back to taking control. Um, and, and what is what is your definition of success?
1: I, options. Come on, Lenny. Options. options. Like if you are successful, you've got options. You've got options on what you want to drive, where you live, where you travel, how much you give to charities, the people around you that you help. So, yes, for me, What does success mean in one word? Options. Options.
2: I like that. Um, And what is one major action in your life that if you didn't take, you may not have obtained the success that you have?
1: Prayer. As a Christian, being prayerful. My grandmother told me, she said, baby, be prayerful and careful. And I'll never (laughs) forget that. Wise words from her grandmother. Uh, She passed away in 1994, but being prayerful and careful. Um, have been two things that have absolutely helped me be where I am.
2: Who is your role model and why?
1: Well, I've I've got family members. You know, I've got some incredible mentors. I've had some incredible coaches. Uh, It'd be hard to narrow it down outside of saying my grandparents, my grandmother, my grandfather. Uh, Both of them have passed on now. But they made a lot of deposits into this little country boy. Uh, Got me believing some things about myself and About what's possible, and uh, I'm so grateful for that because being taught to dream bigger, uh, is something I learned early, and being taught how to work hard to achieve it, I learned that early as well. So, I'm so grateful for the both of my grandparents,
2: yeah. And uh, if you could change one thing in society right now, what would it be?
1: Oh, I'd get rid of uh, oh, just one, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we, no, we could, I you. want two, yeah. We'll All
2: right, thank to. you very much,
1: thank <laughs> you, I appreciate you. <laughs> First thing I'm on a knockout is poverty. Uh, just going to shut that down and get that out of there. If I could just eradicate that in the world, that would be awesome. The second thing is homelessness. Um, I think, you know, those two things have got people trapped, yeah. right? you got people that have either come from that line of thinking or have fallen on hard times or life happened, whatever it is. But if we could get rid of those two things, we could change literally the face of this entire world.
2: Yeah, that'll that'll give us a solid foundation. Yes, it would. Those two things. Yes, it would. Well, this was great, Chris. I appreciate your time. How can people find more
1: information about you? I've got my new website. It's all up. Uh, I had one, but the server crashed. I was getting too much traffic to it, which is (laughs) a good thing. Uh, But they can go over to coachhogan.com. Uh, They can find out about, get connected with me, find out things that are coming and going. Uh, You can find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and all that, at Coach Hogan. Um, And I, you know, would love for people to stay connected with me. Anything and everything that I do is going to get launched from that website first.
2: It was a pleasure, and I appreciate the knowledge. And I know that it definitely helped me, and I know it'll definitely help the people listening to this. Um, So, you know, I appreciate that, and, you know, we'll talk soon.
1: Absolutely, my friend. It was a pleasure being with you.
0: As you can tell, Chris Hogan is a master when it comes to personal finance and personal development. He's written multiple books that I highly suggest you check out. And if you wanna take yourself to the next level and need someone to hold you accountable, Chris is your guy. He is not a hard person to find and a simple Google search will put you on the right track. And follow me on Instagram, Lenny underscore Pisano to stay up to date on new episodes. And I hope that this helped you on your journey for success.